Welcome to Claim the Stage, a podcast for women who want to discover, awaken, and create their voice through the art of public speaking. I'm your host, Angela Lucier, award-winning professional speaker, author, and CEO and founder of The Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. Welcome for the first time, if this is your first episode, to the Clay in the Stage podcast. I'm Angela Lucier. I'm your host. I'm also an author, speaker, and CEO and founder of The Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. You can find us at speakersisterhood.com and check out a club today. All of them are meeting online, just like everything else in the world. So if you're finding yourself at home looking for something to get excited about that is new, that will stretch you, that will get you telling stories, meeting fantastic new women, and building a new skill, now is the moment to get on that. Today kicks off our four-part branding series, and I wanted to do it at this time of year because now is when everyone is thinking about next year and reevaluating all of their goals and looking back on the year. And I know I'll be the first to say 2020 was not at all as I expected it to be. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in that. And, you know, doing planning for next year feels a little scary because who knows what's going to happen, but I want to at least have a plan in place that I can work from and tweak. And branding is part of that plan. And I know that others are doing that same work, so I thought the branding series would give you some good food for thought as you're going through these exercises. So we are kicking off today's installment of the branding series, our first installment with Maggie Bergen. This episode has lots of swear words in it. (laughs) As you can probably tell by the title, WTF is branding. Maggie Bergen is a brand strategist on a mission to eliminate brand vagueness for women-owned businesses. She helps consultants, freelancers, and side hustlers build cohesive, irresistible brands by turning zones of genius and personalities into precise and compelling reasons for clients to hire you. Maggie wants women in business to be understood so their client lists and incomes grow pretty exciting. She is full of energy. She's, I don't know if I would say, maybe, maybe I'll call her spunky. She's spunky. (laughs) She's got a zest for life. And I think you'll hear it and know what I'm talking about as soon as we get into it. Uh, Maggie has a signature course called Brand Camp. Isn't that the best name, Brand Camp? And she teaches you know, women, entrepreneurs, women-owned businesses, how to build their brand. And we talk about it during today's episode. So if you're interested in learning about why brand vagueness is a problem, how to make your brand cohesive and irresistible, different elements to include and things to leave out, then today's episode is for you. So without further ado, here is my interview with Maggie Bergen. All 
right. Maggie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Angela. It's so good to see you and you hear too. you. It's been a while. It has been a while. We've known each other for, I would say, 10 or 11 years. Yeah, I get to say I knew you when. <laughs> I remember sitting in a cafe with you in downtown Holyoke years ago. It was right after you moved from DC, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. And you were telling me about your husband and you said, he's such a snack. And I never <laughs> forgot that because I thought that was the coolest description <laughs> of <laughs> your partner. He's still a snack. And I still think he's a snack. So it's, yeah, he is a snack. Oh, that's funny that you remember that. Um, people, we, we celebrate our anniversary in October and I, people ask me, oh, how long have you been married? And, you know, like when you're pregnant, you're like, oh, how far along are you? It's just like a standard operating system question. And I honestly don't know. I'm like, I'm always like, I think it's, it's definitely more than five. And I think it's more than 10. So if he was my husband when, I mean, I don't, how long ago was that? I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, that was at least 2010. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you helped me a lot. I, I was so impressed with um, uh, when you were doing one-on-one kind of client um, business development consulting. You were exceptional and you were really, really helpful. So thank you. Oh, good. You're welcome. Well, I'm excited to be talking with you today because this yeah. is your zone of genius, branding. Ooh. And we're going to get into what the fuck is branding? Yeah, I think we're going to swear a lot today. I kind of just okay. feel like swear. I've been swearing a lot this week. I think it's because of the election. <laughs> Yeah, I support you. Yeah, just having a lot of energy around that. So uh, before we get into all of your expertise and stories, I would love to know how you got into the field of branding. That's so nice. Yeah. Um, Thank you for the, that's a great question. Um, I got into the field of branding because, you know, I was, I was in marketing. So I was at my background's in government affairs. What is government affairs? It's selling an idea. I lost my stomach for politics because of all the money in politics. I pivoted to marketing. But marketing is fun, but it was unsatisfying because I never knew what the forest through the trees was. I knew what the campaign was supposed to do. I knew what the social media was supposed to look like, but I didn't understand the why, the how, the the higher level thinking that was directing that. So I started to look into it and it's branding. Um, And um, this is kind of embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you and your listeners. So I applied for a master's. There's only one master's in branding program in the country. And I applied for it and they rejected me. I know. Can you believe it? I I have a surprise look on my face. (laughs) And, um, So I was like, well, fuck them. I'm just going to, how complicated can it be? I'm just going to take myself to branding school. So I made a list of all of the instructors in the school and I looked up all their books and their vitae and all the symposium they talked at and the articles they'd written for, you know, ad ad world magazine. I read all the books. I I watched all the videos. I read all of the, the articles and guess what? It's not rocket science. (laughs) it's just like everything else. It's just a process. Mm -hmm. And if you read um, everybody's content, they will all agree on about 80% of that content. 
you know, people have specific, um, you know, you might be interested in like the hero journey and then you read primal branding or you're interested in developing brand assets and how that happens. So you read a different book, but the fundamentals around branding, everyone pretty much agrees on. So how do you define branding? Ah, I love that. Branding to me is, and the reason why it's so deeply satisfying is because it's your playbook. It's your guide. It's your primer for, in the case of your clients, um, speech writing. It's, it's the, the recipe book um, that, you know, it's the recipes as opposed to like the specific ingredients. Um, and there are six pillars in branding. And so the branding process is you just answer these six questions. Do you want to go through them? I, I would love to. Okay. <laughs> okay it looks so, like you did. Okay, good. I, I, didn't, I didn't know. Like, I was like, is, I haven't been on a podcast before. So I'm like, do I stop talking now or do I keep going? <laughs> <laughs> what is the <laughs> protocol? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty natural. We'll just, we'll just talk. So okay, I like right. that you, you threw that out there. So I think we should use it. So let's, okay. what are the six questions? There's six okay, so the six questions are, um, the six things you have to answer are um, your why, your, your benefit, you know, you have to answer the question, we exist to dot, dot, dot. I'm on this stage to, you know, what's the promise that you're making while you're on that stage or in that Zoom meeting? Um, your how. So number two is your how. So we help by doing the following. I'm going to help you by doing the following, behaving in the following way. Um, the third and the most fun one is um, you have to identify your personality because that informs everything you say and how you say it. Uh, the fourth thing that you have to identify is your uniqueness. Like why should someone listen to your talk as opposed to somebody else's? What, and, and then what we you know, not only identify your uniqueness, but figure out why that uniqueness matters. I mean, what that is a, that is a beautiful, like, repository of possible speech ideas, right? Like how you're different and why that matters, especially now. Um, uh, your ideal client. So we have to figure out like, who do you want to be speaking to? Who do you, who's your audience? Who's your ideal audience so that you're not kind of all over the place. And then lastly is um, the emotional needs that your speech solves or the type of positive emotions that you want your interactions with people to create. So that's called your brand insight. So all six of those, um, if you felt those are, those are the brand pillars. And then if you want extra credit, which I know some, some box, some people are box checkers and they want that extra credit. So if you want the extra credit, um, you do what's called uh, your brand ideas which will be familiar to you, to everybody, because those are the compelling and interesting short expressions that can be used across marketing. So Home Depot, you can do it, we can help. So th that's the extra credit, but you don't, you don't need to do those to give a beautiful speech that's brand aligned. Okay. So those, those six sound simple enough, but how much right? time would you say it actually takes to get through that exercise and do it well? It takes iterations. So yeah. it depends on how much time you have each week for those iterations. Um, it takes being in the flow, getting out of your analytical mind and coming into something deeper. 
So it depends on how, how often you're able to get yourself in the flow. So um, brand camp, which is the, the group brand um, process that I run is six weeks and we meet once a week um, for an hour and a half. And then they have an, about an hour of homework um, but you can, I mean, you could do it much more quickly. You just have to kind of set aside uh, a time and then it, it, you have to keep, you have to go back to it and back to it and back to it and back to it. Maybe like at least three or four times until you really feel like, yeah, that's it. And when you know, you know, when it's mm-hmm. done, it's, you know, it's done. Yeah. I would say it's, it's one of those things where the more time you put between each question, the better the answer is because yeah. you're actually getting to sit with it and. It is such a problem. I've been kind of going through this process right now and my brain is so tired because I'm really rolling it all around and going, is that really what Speaker Sisterhood stands for? And is that how I want people to think of it? And Mm. it's it's big. It's really big. Yeah. Do you find, um, how are you finding the process? How are you approaching um, tackling that? Um, I'm, well, my coach and I are kind of working on it together and, you know, she asked me a lot about like, what are my business's values and as a starting point and what are the main topics I want to be covering like in my content and Mm -hmm. to kind of be known for. And one of the things we talked a lot about is yes, I talk about public speaking, but there's a whole other part of the business that's really important. And that's the sisterhood piece. And especially right now in the world, just the being part of a community and what it means to be a woman and standing up for other women. And how can we incorporate that more into what we're talking about when we're doing? And that's gotten me re-energized and really thinking about that whole piece again in a different way. Yeah. What was one of the values that you, you, you were first to identify? The first one is commitment. Mm. It's about um, relentless commitment to uh, dreams. Uh, hold on, I have it written down right here. Yeah. Um, relentless commitment to professional and personal goals, mental and physical health, growth and learning, and only saying yes if it's a hell yes. Another one is consciousness. So being radically conscious and aware of feelings of your feelings, intuition, and desires, practicing conscious beginnings and endings, and having clarity around finances. Mm. Um, Being a responsible communicator is a third value. A fourth one is being reliant on community, and that's where the sisterhood piece comes in. Mm -hmm. And the fifth is being a revolutionary contributor, and that's about being mission-driven and in service in the world by sharing your message on stage and online. I love the boldness of all of those. I love the unit, like the, um, the alignment of all of them. Like it's, you know, like sometimes you look at the values and like, there's like the one random one, but those all like really feed each other. Um, and Anna, I gotta, I gotta, admit, I gotta say like, I'm, I'm surprised because, um, I'm, I'm not, I, on one hand I'm surprised because they are like, so, bold and strong and, uh, definitely forced through the trees. Right. So, but I'm, um, I'm surprised because they, they're, they have nothing to do with necessarily with speaking, which is, which is exactly what you want the value to be, right. You want it to be something that lives on a level that can apply to, um, how you design your um, consume your client onboarding. It has to do with how you interact with your teammates. It has to do with, um, you know, is this the right 
thing for me, the right next thing for me to do or want to do or accept. Like, so that was, those are awesome. Thanks. I mean, the reason I I kept going back to them is because what I really want to create is a place for women to go to get the life they want by learning how to use their voice and building confidence in their voice. Yeah. And, and the speaking training is really about building confidence. A lot of our members aren't even there because they want to, um, become professional speakers. They're just there because they want to feel more confident in the world. So, right. So yeah, it kind of all works together. Well, I hope I don't, I'm like, I, my favorite place to be is in front of a room of people, but I don't know if I'm good at it. Like, I don't know anything about speech writing and presenting. So forgive my ignorance if I, if I like don't understand or know anything about it. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think one of the things my coach said when we were looking at the competitors of speaker sisterhood was they're selling how to become a professional speaker. You're selling sisterhood and how to be a more confident woman. And they're two very different things. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I think our values aren't going to completely be about like communication. They're, they're about much bigger things. So, yeah, I, I was, I thought the reason why I approached you, because I thought that these, these six categories, these six branding pillars, like might be a really great way to, to think of, to prompt oneself for a speech topic. Is that anything that you use in your programming? Yeah, well, in speaking school, in the first week of our class, I do talk a lot about like who is your target audience you're trying to reach and what problem are you trying to solve for them? And we talk a lot about that. But we don't go into it quite in in as in-depth as you're talking about because mm-hmm. um, it's an element of their brand, but it's not their whole brand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's all intertwined for sure. Yeah. One of the things that you also talk about is eliminating brand vagueness. Can you <laughs> can you talk about what what that is and why that's important to you? Um, uh, lo- yes, I'd be very happy to talk about this. Vagueness makes my left eye twitch. <laughs> I in this, you know, we're all inundated every day. You know, we each probably got twenty five, you know, to thirty emails this morning in our inbox, and uh, the only way to connect is to be clear and to be understood. And the only way to be clear and be understood is to not be, you just cannot be vague in how you're approaching things. And I think in, in particular, um, in this, in this time in our, in our history, it's really important not to be vague and, and to be brave around how you present yourself, um, to connect. Yes but also to m- model the kinds of things you want to see in the world and how, you know, how you want to um, project I, yourself, I believe, is by being just exceedingly clear and embracing everything about yourself, even if it feels weird or you think it might be too much or not enough but just be like completely yourself and use words that really have meaning for you to connect and to grow. Do you have an example of someone you've worked with and helped them kind of come through shame or fear around doing that? Well, I think people are afraid. People want to use, um, let's see, who can I talk about without giving away like anything proprietary? Um, 
here's what I, here's how I would answer that question. A lot of people come to me with the, with the, with words like innovative or transition or magical or overwhelm or stress on their website or in their, in their content. And those words don't mean anything anymore. You know, they might have, oh, extraordinary. There's an, that's another one or powerful. Like they don't really mean anything. They don't land. They don't connect. They don't tell somebody where you're coming from and why it matters. So when I say like eschew vagueness, that's what I mean. It's like, don't use dumb words that don't have meaning. Tell me, answer the question. So what, so what, so what, so what until you are so sick of me asking, so what, so what, so what, that you get down to that bottom nugget. Like those values that you were talking about, those are like, that is like bedrock, bedrock stuff for you. And that's where the deliciousness is around. And that's where the opportunity to connect with people is. Yeah, I, I find the word authentic. And authentic, inspired. that's the one I was trying to think of. <laughs> ah! Yeah, it's just lost all meaning. It's just like a nothing word at this point. So, and I think, I think I see a lot of kind of like template people come to me and it it looks like, you know, their about page or their, um, the the reason I made brand camp is because people were hiring me to do copy. Like I, I, I built this, um, website refresh product and people were coming to me asking me to do it. And I said, okay, send me your, you know, brand identity so I can understand, your why, your how, your personality, your uniqueness, your ideal client, your values. And they were like, my what now? <laughs> I was like, your brand identity. And be, and these are all it's like women, you know, I don't, I really, I only work with women owned businesses. Um, like if you identify as a woman, then I'm, I'm very happy to help you. I feel like white men in particular, like they're good. They're good. They don't, they don't need my help really. So we have that, you and I have that in common. It's like, so these women, are coming to me who are, you know, their start their their side hustle is evolving or they're going from solopreneur to hiring a VA and they're realizing that they their branding has kind of been all over the place, um, but they want to be really purposeful about it. I forget where my train of thought was going. What was I saying, Angela? Um, I, I was asking about the word authentic. And- oh yeah. So they so they look online and they kind of see what other people have done and copy it. And um I just, I just, I help them just have everything look and sound exactly like they are. I don't want any of my clients to sound like anybody else. I want them to sound exactly like themselves. And if you swear, then you should swear on your website so that people who might work with you know what to expect. And if you, if you're an introvert, and it's very challenging for you to, or you need to find recovery time after speaking publicly. Like you want people to know that. So you would, your words would be very different, but I just, I want women in particular to be understood by not being vague. Mm. I think swearing is a, a confusing topic. Cause I don't swear very much on my podcast, I don't like swear when I'm writing a blog post or something, mm-hmm. but I do swear with my friends, you know, yeah. and I think it's been a conscious choice to just not swear, but I'm not really sure why it's like, 
I'm talking to adults. There's nothing about this that's like interesting or for children. So I don't really know why I stray away from that. But do you have an opinion on whether or not swearing is, I don't know. (laughs) I think it depends on who your audience is and whether they might be put off by that. I mean, I I remember um, my husband's godmother was, we were driving her home from brunch one day and she was in the backseat and there were two gay men walking down the street and holding hands. And, you know, it filled John and I's hearts with love and excitement. And I looked back and she was like 89 at the time. And, you know, she kind of shuddered. And I, I said to her later, you know, cause she was like the most decent human being I'd ever met in my life. I said, Rose, you know, what, how could you shudder like that when these, you know, when it's, you know, love is love, blah, blah, blah. And she said, Maggie, she said, I wish I wasn't like this. I just, I was raised, you know, Catholic and I'm 89 and it's just, I don't know if I'll ever get there to being okay with, with seeing two men hold hands. So I, I tell you that story as an, you know, as an illustration of, I mean, obviously we're not targeting 89 year olds, but there might be some people that for whom it's, it's, um, it's, it's just a little unnerving or disconcerting or um, turns them off. And if it isn't like a really big part of you, then why add it? Mm-hmm. But if it is a really big part of you, yeah, you should add it. Yeah, I haven't felt like I'm being a, um, I'm being somebody else by not swearing. It's just yeah. like some days I think, oh, I would actually love to say something more. I don't know, inflammatory, but I'm just going to not. <laughs> so my, um, my header on my website is um, kick vagueness in the dick. <laughs> and I went to my designer and I said, I, I was like, I need, um, I need a design for my, for my header. Um, and I you know, kind of described what I was after. And um, she was very uncomfortable. She said, does it have to be dick? And I said, she's like, couldn't we say like leg, leg or like face or something? I said, and I, I said, I almost want to like put this on a pillow. I said, no, Susie, it has to be dick (laughs) because that, I mean, that's just, that was like a no go for me. Like I, yeah. And I was like, and the, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Susie, it has to be Dick. And it did. It had to be Dick. And if, if that makes you uncomfortable, like kick vagueness in the Dick, then, then yeah, I'm not for you, I guess. That's true. That's true. Then people know right away. They self-select. Yeah. But yeah, there are people that, that I will never want to work with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, well. What you yeah. Do? That's okay. You got to find your people. You got to find your tribe. That's true. Like you said on the, on the Ted stage would be when you did the, when you did the cartwheel, (laughs) you have to find your tribe. (laughs) Yeah. The cartwheel was part of finding the tribe. People who like the cartwheel, they're in my tribe. I love that story you told about, um, the job you had and, and you, they gave you an assignment and you like went like full on in (laughs) commitment commitment, your first value, right? You're committed and you did a spreadsheet. You probably did a, you probably did like a visual something, maybe like, uh, I don't know, a a keynote address or something. And you went in and you gave it all to them. And their answer was, if I remember it correctly, their answer was, we, we thought your creativity was going to be a problem. Yeah. We knew your creativity would be an issue when we had it. Would be an issue, yeah. (laughs) 
I love that story. So Not good. My tribe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for bringing that one back up. I haven't thought about it in a while. Such wow. a good, good memory. <laughs> That's what yeah. brought us here today. <laughs> a crystallizing, a clarifying moment. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That is one of those moments that definitely can change your whole life direction. Yeah. So do you have any brands that you particularly love that you want to talk about as good mm-hmm. examples? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I, I, um, I do a Friday at 1 PM on Instagram live. I live with them. Let me just for, as an aside, I live with a, a fuzzy insistent clown. So if you hear noises in the background, it's my dog Django okay. father. So anyway, I apologize if he's, he's insistent. So Okay. So, um, I host every Friday at 1 PM on Instagram live. I host, uh, I call it brand chat. And I actually had this question, um, a couple weeks ago. So thank goodness. Cause I have an answer for you. Um, uh, two brands that I love right now. One you are definitely familiar with, um, is skin catering. Oh yeah. Okay. So what do I love about skin catering and why one it's a woman owned, um, cosmetic or pharmaceutical, high-end pharmaceutical. When I say pharmaceuticals, we know what that means, like cosmetic, like skincare um, company. So it's women-owned, which you would think like, yeah, duh, uh-uh, totally unusual, totally unusual for, for, to, for it to be woman-owned. Um, also, it's two women, right? So they are a beautiful example of um, how you don't always have to do it yourself and that women can partner just like men partner successfully and you find someone to fill in your gaps and um, holes and they bring in their expertise. And um, I just love that, that, that that's their model. Third is they've done their branding work. They know who they are. They know what's important to them. They are laser focused on communicating with their ideal customer. And then the the other reason I love them is because everything is aligned. So what matters to them is what you put on your face. They really give a shit about what you put on your face. And if you look at the ingredient list, it's like six or seven ingredients and they're all identifiable. They, and they will not compromise on that. They won't. Um, and also, I mean, you, your listeners cannot see my face, but I have been using skin catering for many, many years. And I treated my skin like shit in my teens and 20s and 30s. And they're really beautiful. So woman-owned, woman partnership, and they, they've done their branding work. And it's all, it's the truth. They like, they didn't, you know, there was no hyperbole in their branding work. They, they were like, this is what's important to us. This is what we care about. This is what we're into. And this is who we are. So I love them. The yeah. second brand I'm loving right now, Django, really? Thank you. Um, the other brand I'm loving right now, do you know Tiny Chef? Yes. Okay. Do you know like Kristen Bell? Yes. Um, like in, yeah, she's like invested in their brand. Yeah. So yeah. He, it, he has like the purity of Grover. It's a little, t- it's a tiny chef and he's a vegan chef and he is a, a character and he has the purity of Grover and the charisma of Kermit in the same being. And I love you. You just love, I just love him. 
Do, so everyone needs... So it's um it's the Tiny Chef Show I think on Instagram. I know he's on TikTok too, but I don't know what he is on TikTok. Okay, yeah, I only know of him through Kristen Bell because I follow her. Oh, okay, but I'll check him out some more. All right. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> um. So how do you know if your brand sucks? <laughs> I know you talked about. <laughs> I know you talked about vagueness and. Yeah. Is there anything else about it that could turn people off that is just a clear no? I think if you can answer the questions, what, you know, if you can answer the six questions that we started with, I, no matter what those answers are, if they're true for you, that's your brand. So whether your brand sucks or not is not as interesting to me as whether I can relate to it or not. Like if you can answer those questions like, this is who I am. This is why I do this. This is what I value. This is who I want to talk to. This is how I'm different. And this is why the difference matters. I don't think it's about like that. You either are going to attract people or you're not, but it doesn't suck. It just, that's who you, that's your brand. Okay. So if you haven't answered the questions, your brand probably sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that just, I don't mean sucks. It just mean like you're probably all over the place. Yeah. And not like being consistent and crystal clear with people. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think that's okay. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where can we get more information about you and Brandcamp? Oh, that's so nice. Um, Brandcamp relaunches in January. Um, and my website is maggiebergen.com. B-E-R. So it's M-A-G-G-I-E-B-E-R-G-I-N.com. And then I'm on Instagram at be understood branding, which is the name of my company. Okay. Which took me two years to find. Oh, here's a good branding story. Yeah. So I was maggiebergen.com and I wanted, I kept wanting to have like a, a name for my business. So I looked legitimate and that I could share a little bit immediately about what my kind of approach was. Here's what I want to tell people. Here's what I want to tell your listeners about branding. You don't know until you know. You don't know until you know. And you, it takes time to find the perfect words or descriptions. Sometimes it takes time and you have to be okay with that. You have to remember that iterations take time and that they're really valuable and normal. So that's, that's what I would say to your listeners is iterations, iterations, iterations are normal and healthy. And then sometimes things just have to like marinate. Yeah. I like and you that. can always go back and update it. You know, it's not like you're building a building and you can't, you know, add a cornice later. Like you can, you can add whatever you want. Because it's your company, dang it. Yeah, that feels relaxing too. I, I think one of the most nerve-wracking processes that I see my clients go through and that I see just business owners go through is the branding process. They really, have, they really struggle with it. Yeah, oh. just trying to like hone down the message and get really yeah. clear and be able to answer those questions. And I think it can be a lot of fun. So I like that you're saying like it's it's a process and relax and you'll be okay. And it's navel gazing. What's more fun than that? I mean, you get to think about what's important to you. So think of it that, maybe think of it that way. Like, you know, it's an exploration of what really matters to you. Yeah. And, and that's always delicious. Yes, absolutely. I want to end by telling you a story. Okay. My mom has been telling this story ever since, I think it was probably 2013, when you and she met at an event I did at Holyoke Community College called Life Domination Day. You guys sat next to each other all day. Yeah. And at some point during the day, you found out that she was my mom. And she loves to tell this story. 
oh my gosh, about what like, you said to her. Okay. Do you remember what you said to her? No, I have no idea. <laughs> when you found out she was my mom, you looked at her and said, you're the maker of Angela. <laughs> my mom must repeat that story to me five times a year. She's like, who is that woman? I loved her. I'm like, okay. What, that's so, what did you think she loved about it? I think that you were in awe of her and she liked that. She really yeah. enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not easy raising a kid as you're finding out like that is the hardest job in the world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But she did such a good job. You're awesome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, you really made her day. So no, she good. never forgot oh, thank it. Thank you for telling me that. Thank you so much for sharing that. That means a lot to me. <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. It was really My good pleasure. to chat with you. My pleasure. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did, you can show me some love by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen so more people can find us. Claim the Stage is a production of Speaker Sisterhood, and it's recorded in the Glitter Closet in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Music is composed by Chris Collins. Until next time, stop waiting, start creating. Bye for now.